Hello and welcome to Map Bites, episode 100. I'm Elaine Charles. Hang on a minute. I'm Elaine Giles and I'm here with my co-host Mike Thomas. In this episode, it's all change with custody of the MacBytes teeth changing hands. And there's doings afoot with the mysterious kidnapping of Craig's cat. Meow. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. That's getting you back for 99. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> uh, long time no see. You could say that. We do have a reason though. More on that later. But first, we need to thank all of you wonderful MacBiters for your kind words about Mum. Without exception, you were all immensely thoughtful and generous, both with your sentiments and your time in sending them in. And we thank you very, very much for that. Yes, thank you. Uh, so, the MacBites teeth. Yes, the MacBites teeth. For so long, permanently attached to Mike. Too much merriment, I might add. But big news. I took custody of the teeth back in March, just after the last show. And they are the reason for our slight hiatus. Do you mean long break? <laughs> no, I mean slight hiatus. So what happened? Well, back in March, I felt the beginnings of a serious pain under my left eye. Sadly, I had a good idea what it was, the first stage of a tooth abscess. I've had abscesses before and I knew it was only going to get worse. Uh, Mum always said that having a baby was a walk in the park compared with a dental abscess. Not that I personally fancied comparing the two. Obviously, the right course of action would have been to head off to the dentist. But since the only dentist I'd let near me for over 20 years had retired, I didn't have a dentist. Have you noticed, annoyingly, when you're in pain is the absolute worst time to be auditioning new dentists? Yes, I have. No, you've got perfect teeth. <laughs> Oh, it's very depressing. Anyway, believe me, I have seen it all with dentists. I've had the dentist that was in a neck brace, couldn't see what she was doing, and told me so, aged 12 and scared to death. The one who slipped with an implement, left me needing 10 stitches, and the one who categorically stated that strapping a patient to the chair was standard practice. As you can see, dealing with dentists always been great fun for me. Absolutely not. And worse, I've always been susceptible to teeth problems since they discovered I was allergic to penicillin. We discussed that, didn't we, in relation to the ice thing in case of emergencies? We did. Um, yeah. yeah, because I was allergic to penicillin, they gave me tetracycline, which was fine at the time. Cured the immediate problem, but shouldn't be given to children under 12. 12 years old, not 12 months old. Um, it damages adult teeth when they appear. So they can be a range of colours, none of them particularly impressive, uh, and easily damaged. So uh, Google it for the full horror, but probably not when you're eating. Um, so my adult teeth appeared and they were very fragile. Uh, more than once, I've had teeth that were damaged by dentists, just looking at them. And several popped. You enjoyed that, didn't you? No. <laughs> Scared you to <laughs> death. Yeah, by popped, I mean, I'd just be sitting minding my own business and suddenly a tooth would just rupture. It would split from tip to root and bleed like crazy. Think alien. It's amazing we stayed together really, isn't it? I remember that happening not long after we started seeing each other. Mm. Anyway, you brave boy. Uh, I had quite a lot of work done when I was in college and um, then it was a case of just hoping that they didn't get any worse. But of course they did. And I think I just got used to coping with it, with the, with the pain and the surprise popping. But I think 
the stress of the last couple of years probably played a part and after that initial pain I took a turn for the worst at which point in more pain than I could I could possibly cope with and my face swollen like crazy I um, rang the nearest dentist I opted for the simple approach just went for the nearest one 90 minutes later I'd got a prescription for antibiotics and an appointment card to go back that's always the bad bit, isn't it? Mm. By the following week, though, the pain and the swelling had eased and I did dutifully return. And true to form with my previous experiences, I was, um, I think I'll say disappointed that the dentist just refused point blank to discuss advanced options. The, the advanced options I knew I needed, such as reconstructive implants. His best advice, well, it seemed to be one up from superglue and positive thinking which I didn't think would work. So um, a nightmare, a few weeks, wondering what to do. What you mean is you were as hard to please with dentists as you were with vets. We only had, hang on a minute, uh, nine in 13 years. Yeah, fair enough. Yes, but you've got to have the right one. You know that you do. If, if you're, even if they're great, if you're not comfortable with them, then it isn't going to work. And to be honest, they weren't great, were they? True, very true. And I definitely wasn't comfortable with them. Anyway, a miracle. Found a specialist practice. Amazing. Not like visiting the dentist at all. This is going to sound strange to people who are like me. Not overly fond of it, but but honestly, it, it's amazing. Uh, they're really, really approachable. They actually come to the waiting room personally to take patients into the treatment room. I couldn't believe that. I've never had anything like that. Have you noticed they always send like a minion out? To drag you in, usually kicking and screaming. Um, so that that was new to me. No, mine, ju- mine just sent me upstairs. Mm. Well, you, the, the, that's probably because you're unlikely to deviate and head straight for the front door and then you're off. Where your dentist <laughs> is waiting at the top of the stairs. <laughs> yeah, but that just looks like psycho. Because <laughs> I went to that one as well, but that was the one that retired. So yes, you used with, to have to head off upstairs. With apologies. But usually they had me um, headed off at the pass in case I, I took the other turn and legged it. With apologies to any dentist who may be listening, of course. Oh, yes. If they're a dentist and a MacBite, then by definition, they're cool. Yeah, true. No, I haven't had many, many cool in the way of dentists, I'm afraid. So um, I had to embark on a series of appointments with x-rays, scans, examinations, and finally got around to doing something, treatment. So I've had um, extractions, root canals, fillings, at which point got another abscess, didn't I? That was great fun. Uh, This time it was clinically induced. I'd had root canal work and... um, Apparently it can happen. And of course, if it can happen, it would happen to me. I don't know how you cope watching it all, to be honest. Uh, With extreme difficulty. Mm. And that was all before the real work started. Uh, Yes. So two bone grafts, one each side of my upper jaw, then implant placements, a two and three quarter hour operation, during which I was awake and following proceedings closely. That was fun. During which I was sat in the waiting room with my iPad. Uh, possibly got the better of that deal Mm. although yeah it was interesting anyway i left with new bionic jaw bones and a whole range of titanium implants in my upper jaw sadly that was a good bit swollen bruised supporting stitches and more than a little sore but nowhere near as bad as you might expect and then i was ordered to rest that was the tough bit no computing you mean let's just say mobile devices are a wonderful thing And I was okay, wasn't I, for about four days? You were. And then I developed some spectacular bruising. Oh, it was amazing. Um, It actually quite surprised me because there was nothing. And then it just appeared literally within seconds. So that was scary. 
So I'm in a bit of a lull at the moment, waiting for the bionic bone and the metalwork to settle before it's all opened up again and they start again on the real teeth. But that won't be until December. So I'm back in full working order for a few weeks. That's all we need. Elaine back in full voice with a bionic jaw. Let's catch up with um the little short hiatus. Have we done the El Capitan thing? Mm, short answer, not really. Well, I certainly haven't. You? I haven't, no. I deemed it a bit dangerous. Uh, too many annoyances. But you know me. I can't help myself. So I uh, designated a Mac to be um, a victim, as it were. And I downloaded it on release day. And I did put it on there and have a look at it. Oh, boy, did it slow it down initially. It must be doing some kind of um, disk indexing again. And it slowed it down something chronic. But that's about as far as I got with it. Because... Screenflow wasn't working properly. It was recording a black screen and all kinds of other things. So um, let's look at the good bits first, should we? And for us, oh, there's a win. There is a win. The colour picker crayon update. Is it sad that that's the best feature so far? No, that's cool, actually. Mm. Do you remember when Grant wrote to us and said that Colour Schema Studio had issues on Yosemite? Yeah. Mine was working, but his wasn't. Um, and then mine broke. And um, because of that, I took a long look at what the built-in colour picker could actually do on its own. And I was amazed. It's actually a lot more powerful than you think. So I did a video about that, put that on YouTube. But we did complain about the look of it on Yosemite. And it was because they'd done a makeover for the crayons and it had gone very flat. And you noticed it first. You mentioned it to me. I must admit I hadn't noticed it. Very childish and Fisher-Price. Then they, they weren't pretty. They weren't. Well, it's all changing, El Capitan. Dare I say it, a return to skeuomorphic. Definitely skeuomorphic. They're proper little wooden crayons. And it looks like there's a lot more of them. But actually, I'm the sad one. I counted them. There's not. There's exactly the same number. But they do actually look a whole lot better. Which proves that skeuomorphic can look okay when it's appropriate. And I think for that, I think it's a big improvement. I think it does look a lot better. Yeah, I thought they were uh, I thought they were really cool. I do like them. Well, it was all downhill from there for me. Um it broke default folder. Which I wouldn't want to be without on my main Mac and uh, did a bit of research, a lot of other people complaining about the same thing. And it's something called SIP, system integrity protection. Um a knock-on effect that I did also notice, and again, it's to do with this system integrity protection, was that Bartender, which had been working perfectly and I'd updated to Bartender 2, couldn't get it fast enough, uh, it now can't control the spotlight icon. So the spotlight icon, I turned it off. I don't use the thing anyway, not directly like that. And I turned it off and it's now sitting there staring at me from this poor El Capitan Mac. Um, you can turn it off, but you've got to fiddle. So uh, those were the things that, you know, no default folder and bartender not working properly. <laughs> That's not good for me. Uh, I'm actually thinking, you know, bartender, if, if well, actually it can. I'm, I'm being unfair with it. It can do it, but there's a real lot of faff to do if you want it to. You need to boot into safe mode. You need to run terminal commands. You need to install extra little helpers. Um, and then turn off this icon and then reboot again and then reboot again and so forth. I'll put a link in the show notes to the instructions, but I think your average person is probably going to look at those instructions and think I don't think so. But I'm going to have to do it because 
when I do my videos, I actually have a completely blank menu bar. Completely, no icons whatsoever. So I can't have that one sitting there staring at me. Um, if there's something there, it's going to stop me putting watermarks over it. So it's going to have to go. So I'll bite the bullet this week and do that and then report back. Um, but those two are very important to me. Um, then there were the things that weren't quite right. And I mentioned ScreenFlow. It's recording a black screen, but only when it feels like it. There's no indication of when it's actually working, when it's not. But there was an update this week, so I'll give that another go. Um, your main problem was Office, wasn't it? That probably put you off. Um, there's a lot of things put me off upgrading. But yeah, um, any problems with Office, um, I will definitely... Um, not to be upgrading until those have been fixed. Well, both of them have, have um, introduced fixes. So that's, that's usually they'll clash. Um, Apple have brought out an update that said addressed some of the Office 2016 issues and Microsoft have done the same. As I say, that bodes really ill. Uh, they'll probably start clashing again. But um, I've installed both and I'll see how we go. But I don't know. Maybe it's just me at the moment. I don't seem to have the time to nurse these things that keep breaking. Office had only been released a couple of months. I just got used to the fact it was working and then it broke. Um, of more significance to me was handbrake, as Minster found out to his cost. Uh, not working. Not working. So I recommended an alternative that I'd found. Now, this was probably a couple of days after El Capitan was released. And the one that was working was Mac DVD Ripper Pro. So that one was actually working and you could carry on ripping your discs. But Or um, or Mac DV Dripper Pro, as it looks like here. <laughs> yeah, I did actually put that in, but yeah, it, it's Ripper Pro. It's all to do with the capitalisation. You've got to be very careful. But in the meanwhile, I found a fix. I found a fix to handbrake. And again, it was to do with the system integrity protection. I don't like things like that. Things that make Apple think they know better than me. And they don't. But what happens is when you install El Capitan, um, it unceremoniously moves libdvd CSS and it puts it in a location, uh, library system migration, history migration, GUID, slash quarantine route. That doesn't sound good, does it? No. And whilst it's in there, it can't be used. So what you could do is move it to another location, uh, USR slash local slash lib, and that folder is not controlled by the system integrity protection. I will put a link in the show notes to the full process, which is detailed in a Reddit post. But it's I can't remember which one it was. Mm, could it be a lion? Which was the one we installed from the App Store on OS? And um, it, it stuck stuff in a folder called um, what was it called? Incompatible software oh, or something God. like that. That's it. It, yeah. it just moved them. Well, this seems to have done the same, but not with the whole app. So it's done it with this library file and the absence of this library file where it should be is causing problems for handbrake. But it will work if you follow the instructions that I'll link to. So um, I haven't done that process yet because I don't actually rip many DVDs. What I was concerned about was that maybe handbrake wasn't converting files, so converting MOVs to MP4s. But I ran a test and it seems to be so. The bit that I use Handbrake for most seems to be working, but um, there is a fix for Minster's problem. And talking of Minster, he's worried now, isn't he? Probably on his bike. And he is. Worried. Huge congratulations on your latest half marathon run. But, it's got to be a but, what the actual 
were you thinking? Toting that, wait for it, wait for it, people, selfie stick with you. Rocking a selfie stick in your pink running gear. There are people thinking I'm making this up, and I'm not. Yes, after all we said about those. Well, there's me slighting young girls as the only ones who actually use them. And Minster's got one. I've got a solution, though. A selfie arm that is literally an arm. Looks like a severed arm, but still. It's just plain scary, isn't it? It is the most alarming colour. They didn't give it a colour, so I've had to improvise. And the colour that I have named it is necrotizing green. The pick from the side is absolutely terrifying. But we're recording on Halloween and uh, it's perfect for Halloween. What I could not believe was that the site that's selling this thing has got six and a half thousand Facebook likes. Actually, you know, it's a shame that Apple banned selfie sticks from WWDC and their events. I would have paid to see the audience waving those during the keynote. Reminds me of those rubber hands. Do you remember those blue rubber hands you used to see at um, events? Indeed, and blow up bananas. Yes. Oh boy, we've lived. (laughs) I think they were scared that they might have been used to beat the presenters senseless for the lack of meaningful iWork updates, you know. And then there was iOS 9. Another update, another slew of issues. Wi-Fi assist gate. What were they thinking? The proverbial will hit the fan when the bills come in. The first bills after the update, trust me. Wi-Fi assist gate, remind me again. It's when it uses mobile data, so your 3G or 4G data, to supplement Wi-Fi. Oh yes, I remember now. I I remember looking for that feature. Um, but it's not... To turn it off, probably. No, well, I wanted to turn it off. Um, It's not on the 4S, and that's why I couldn't find it. Well, you're grandfathered on unlimited data anyway, but um, I can see that that would actually be an issue. It's surprising how often your Wi-Fi dips and you're not aware of it. I was listening to an Audible book, and it was downloading it in the background, and it just stopped, and it said, um, you know, dropped Wi-Fi, do you want, if you want me to carry on downloading on mobile data, then you'll have to go and enable this. And I thought, what do you mean? Because I could see I had a full Wi-Fi signal, but it must just have blipped in the background. And, you know, if you've got that option turned on, it could be downloading quite a bit. I think that it will. It'll hit the fan. It'll hit the fan when the bills come in. Um, I've got five gig at the moment a month, but they want me to upgrade to, was it eight? Seven or eight. Eight for, for a few pence more, I think. Um, You know, that would get eaten into in that that circumstance. So, yes, I turned mine off as well. But I can imagine there are people who don't know. I actually got a text from O2 about that as well. So they must have, they probably sent the first bills out and people are complaining. And now they've sent a text that says, if you don't want this to happen, this is how you turn it off. Wouldn't it have been wise to send that within a few days and not wait a month? It would. Yes. Never mind. And then there was Hey Siri. Oh, I had high hope for Hey Siri. I configured it on the iPad. I sat it there. I plugged it in. I trained it. I stroked it. I fed it. I watered it. And it just doesn't work. I sit there saying, Hey Siri, Hey Siri, Hey Siri. And it it just ignores me most of the time. Except at the most inopportune times, like in the middle of your webinar. Oh, yes. Um, Was it last week? It was last week, yes. I was... uh, I wasn't there. I just left my iPad to keep you company. Yeah, I was was running running an early morning training session, uh, working from home, and you had left your iPad on the desk. And I didn't even see, say hi. I say, "Mm, I've got them out of ice teeth. Oh, the teeth! (laughs) Hang on, let me pass them back to you. There we go. (laughs) 
they've returned to their rightful owner. Uh, shall I say that slowly? I didn't even say, hey, Siri. Now, I may have mentioned Siri because um, at one point on a course, I was talking about screen readers. Um, uh, I was doing a web course, web development course, and I, I, I must have mentioned how it's very similar to Siri and it reads out the contents of um, a web page in an automated voice. And maybe that's what picked it up. And Siri decided to assist you. Exactly, yeah, because the, the, the next minute uh, I heard Siri on your iPad uh, talking away and and I was recording this webinar. Now, luckily, I just shut up and I managed to uh, to cut it out. Sorry about that. Why am I apologising for Siri? It's the only time I've seen I it work. Know. The thing was, you didn't train it. But I did get... So when you train Hey Siri, you've got to say, Hey Siri, Hey Siri, Hey Siri, and train it. And I did it. I went through all of the training. It totally ignores me. You say Siri, not Hey Siri, just Siri from across the room, and it responds. <laughs> this is like a badly trained dog, isn't it? Oh, we had one of those. Oh, we had one of those. <laughs> I um, let me get back to what I was saying. Uh, I did actually get Siri working the other night, and I said to it, um, "Set me a set me a reminder at six o'clock." And you said, "What for?" And I said, "Because I want to get up." And it set a reminder at six o'clock, except it was six o'clock in the evening. If you don't clarify, what do you expect? So so anyway, I ignored it, and the next the next evening, there it was. It popped up at six o'clock. Just proving so, yes, that it, it worked, but. 12 hours too late. Never mind. <laughs> uh, what were the other joys to get used to anyway? Uh, the app switcher. Are you closing the right apps yet? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you something about the app switcher. Uh, I've been using my iPad 1 to, to, to watch the football and things whilst I've been in the kitchen. Yes, the kitchen. You know that thing that... No, uh, no idea. Between... Move, move along. No yeah. idea. Um, anyway, it's still got iOS 5 on it and closing the apps is, is alien to me. <laughs> remember when they changed it was it ios 7 and we said i'm never going to get used to this i like the old way yeah yeah because i remember i was trying to get the ipad one to airplay and i couldn't remember how and i had to google it and then i thought oh yes you slide it the other way i'd totally forgotten uh, yeah, that's right i've done that before but we'll come on to airplay shortly um yes i i am closing the right apps but it, it just takes that little bit of getting used to it, it feels odd doesn't it i think it does look more yeah. modern but it does feel odd when you're trying to close apps you can still close two at a time if you've got your fingers in just the right spot because that's what i take into doing um just sliding two up but i never do that just just with it slightly off it throws you a little bit um i'll tell you what makes me smile Siri's suggestions in spotlight you know, when you slide back and you you get that extra page now that they took away in the last version, they've put it back in this one and you get your suggestions. Yeah. Can I turn it off? Um, I don't think you can. You can turn off individual bits of it, but I didn't. I don't like it. I'd got used to the fact that when you got back to your home page, if you tried sliding once more, it didn't go anywhere. And now it does. It goes to the search bit. I don't like that. Mm. But the point I'm making is there's some suggestions at the top. And um, just call me a Johnny Got No Mates. But you know, in this in this section where they're talking about contacts, yeah, uh, it shows three for me. I don't know if it's supposed to show four, but clearly I only have a contact three people. Um, the first one's you, which is fairly accurate. I'll, I'll give them that one. Um, but this is obviously based on frequency, uh, which is why it's significant. The second one it suggests is mom. That's not going to work. And the third one is a local taxi company that I rang once before last Christmas. Oh, 
Mm. I'll, I'll let that sink in for a moment. Johnny got no mates. Uh, never mind. Not for calls, anyway. So, uh, no, I guess it is accurate. It's just I don't use my phone enough, obviously. I need more friends. Hang on, I think I'll play the Hovis music. I was just going to sing that. Oh, do, do, carry on. It, it'll, it'll be so much quicker in the edit if you sing it. Where you go. <laughs> You've forgotten the Hovis music, haven't you? Why is it the Hovis music? Because it's sad. No, it's not the Hovis music. It's it's the violin. Well, go on, do the violin then. <laughs> no. You're so out of practice, now you don't know what a violin sounds like. <laughs> That's Hovis advert. Oh, good grief, now you're turning into Queen. <laughs> never mind, never mind. Um, oh, what was the next bit that I, that I actually did like, I think? Uh, oh, the split screen and the picture-in-picture. Picture. When I remember to use it. You've used picture-in-picture picture a bit, haven't you, for videos? I have, and I think I had the iPlayer on, and this is the point I'm making when you remember yeah. to use it. I think for so long, nearly, nearly what? five six years you've got your ipad sat there and you know that if, if you're watching a video you can't do anything else and i had you know the iplayer on and i thought I, I need to check something and then i thought i'll just wait till the end of this video and when i did i went over to it and i pressed the button and it shrank down into the picture in picture and i thought oh you idiot <laughs> you know, i sat there for 10 minutes waiting for the end of it fantastic feature if, if you could possibly uh, i think the the feature would be enhanced if it provided a post-it note on the ipad to remind you that it's there mm. and then we'd be fine another thing that i noticed that scared me to death was um a selfie smart album you know who could make very good use of that don't you mm, minster minster yes <laughs> with his selfie stick uh, not much use for me but it's there is that much use I guess for some people it is. I've never noticed it, but then I probably don't taste smoke. Selfie, I was going to say... <laughs> I was going to say... What were you going to say, dear? <laughs> I was going to... Oh, he's out of practice. I was going to say, because you said smart, I was going to say smarties. <laughs> you call them what you like, dear. Oh, dear yeah, I was me. going to say I don't take selfies much. Well, I don't. I think the selfie I'd taken, you're not going <laughs> I just do not want to see this one, trust me, was that I couldn't see in the mirror how my stitches were doing. So I took a selfie. No, 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 you don't want to see it. No, I don't want to see it either. And now I've got this selfie album. There it is. Oh, it's a good job they're not public, isn't it? Be frightening people. Um, One thing I do like, huh, unadulteratedly like, nothing wrong with it whatsoever. No buts. Love it. The back to Navigator. Do you have a clue what I am talking about? I do. I'm just. I'm just about to say. I'm, I'm, it's that thing that at the top that says like back to mail, back to Safari. It's actually made the mail client that I use, which is um, Boxer Pro. I didn't realise it had. A, I didn't realise it had a name. Back to Navigator. Well, that's what I'm calling it. All oh, right. And obviously, I'm always right. <laughs> uh, is that what Craig called it? Craig should ad adopt that. Yes, that's what I'm calling it. Um, I use Boxer Pro and one of the main bugbears I had with it was when you tap a link in an email, it would take you out to your browser. But then you had to go back to the mail client and you were playing around. Whereas another mail client I'd used, I think it was Sparrow. RIP, sadly, Sparrow. Um, that used to have a built-in browser, so it was much, much quicker. But with the Back to Navigator, it's just like having it in there. So that's a win. That's a definite, definite, definite It win. is. That was one of the things that I've kind of you know noticed in the last couple of weeks and thought that's really cool. I just 
just I think I've just taken it for granted that it's there. And then there's the keyboard trackpad mode. I'm a bit lukewarm on that. You tried it? Uh, I only tried it in that video I did. Yeah. It's there and I think it has potential, but I'm finding it's not working perfectly in a lot of the apps that I use. I was actually used to the feature because some of the apps, you know, these uh, minimal text editors. Yeah. I think Ulysses had something similar. So I was, I was used to it from other apps. But as I say, some apps aren't playing nicely with it, but it's got potential for the future, maybe. But uh, yes, you'd made some videos for it, hadn't you? I did. Um, yeah, just it was probably a week or two before it was released. I was asked to make some videos um, for work on the new features. So I looked at the keyboard and I looked at the new features of um, Mail and I looked at the the picture in picture and the slide over. And um, it, it was good, actually, because it gave us the opportunity to actually get hands on and, and see those features uh, before uh, it was actually released. But the biggest problem, and I didn't find out until I was about to record these videos, was that they had disabled AirPlay in the beta. And it was it was the beta I, I was using because they wanted these videos to be available at work bang on release day. Uh, so if people wanted to update their uh, company iPads and company iPhones, they could do. So I was I was there and I'm thinking, I'm sure this is the way you do AirPlay. And uh, So you did a quick Google. I did a quick Google. And yes, I was right. <laughs> Swipe upwards and select it. And all I had, even though I was running um, Reflector or, or AirSurf, whichever one I used on my own uh, my own Mac, uh, all I had was the uh, the audio option to, to stream audio from the device. So the video. Obviously, Apple are, are thinking that it would, you know, stop leaks of iOS 9 or at least stop easy leaks of iOS 9. But, you know, you can't push enterprise adoption, which is happening anyway and earlier than ever. Now, you know, people are becoming proactive in managing their own devices and they want the latest. So mm. even in the enterprise, the adoption is earlier than ever before. And you as a company need to provide those videos. I think that's really short-sighted of Apple. Just leave it there. Definitely. Because, you know, there's so many people on the beta programs now. Anybody who wants to see it will probably have it installed. And, you know, other people who aren't prepared to put beta stuff on their systems, well, let them see it as well. Let them just see videos of it. To take that away is ridiculous. Mm. And I, I can imagine... You know, your videos, I, mean, I think you did it with screenshots in the end, didn't you? I did. Yeah, because I edited one of the videos and I said you could have this looking like a video. And I know when you'd finished, it was like, whoa, and it looked like a video. And how we did that was to take screenshots and then the things that actually move on the screen, like the flashing cursor, you literally make a video of a flashing cursor and you put it where it would be flashing and then you talk over it. But what a performance. That took a, long, a lot longer than it would have done to do it live. You and I are quite happy doing stuff live. The bit in the edit later, a five minute job, instead of which, you know, for this, it was maybe half an hour mm. playing around. You know, still the same effect, though. No one would have known that that wasn't a video. So why bother taking it out? Complete waste of time. You can't have, the... you can't push something into the enterprise and then push the very, very latest and not give the companies who have to look after their own interests as well an opportunity to make the videos to support the staff who are installing the software 
what are they thinking? The other thing I had to do was a little bit of pixel matering, um, not photoshopping, a little bit of pixel pixel matering, because there's that feature where when you go down to low power mode, when you reach 20%, it changes your battery indicator to yellow. And they hadn't implemented that on the beta I had either. They had in the video when you'd finished. <laughs> had to take <laughs> a screenshot and then colour it. Yeah, this is where our time goes. Mm. That's why they need you. If you're going to support enterprise, you're going to need to support it properly. I understand, you know, like the secrecy and all that of years gone by, but not now. You can't have both. I remember when iOS 7 came out and your company were like, don't install it. Just don't install it. None of our equipment is going to have that installed on it. And now they're preparing to have iOS 9 installed on their devices on launch day. That's huge. But Apple need to appreciate that and allow you to make the videos to support it. Definitely. But there is an alternative, you know, to all this modern stuff. The Sinclair Spectrum's back. Mm, I'm not feeling the love. <gasps> Sacrilege! Sadly, I'm old enough to remember the original. I think I've still got one somewhere. Uh, yeah, wasn't all that? Wasn't that all games? I learnt to program on that. I'll admit, the first thing I programmed was a game. It was this slalom down downhill ski thing. You're probably not interested in that either. No. But those rubber keys, once tried, never forgotten. Always loved. I think the one that I've still got is a Sinclair Spectrum 128K, which actually had plastic keys and a big heat sink on the side. Looked like a toast rack. This is totally missing you, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But I then moved on to a Commodore 64. That had the most amazing keyboard. That was awesome. Then I got my Amiga and then a PC. Yeah, downhill there. Then I got a Mac. But yes, I do have fond, fond, fond memories of my Sinclair Spectrum. And it's back. And you really want to go back to that? Do you know, there are some of Apple's latest updates that make me feel I'm already there. Mm. Typing on treacle and struggling. Shouldn't be like that, you know. No. Anyway, moving on. Uh, there's a new version of Tweetbot, which meant... Tweetbot gate! Uh, do I have to pay again gate? Oh, yes. And the price was? Uh, a Tweetbot, of course. It was nowhere near a Tweetbot. It was three ninety nine, which I thought was a total bargain. Uh, the previous version was one ninety nine, but that was iPhone only. The original iPad version was one ninety nine, and the last time we had to pay for that was October 2012. Maybe they were setting their expectations from version one, which was £1.19p. But I thought three ninety nine was a complete bargain. Couldn't get it fast enough. So a new version for iPhone and a new version for iPad. And it's gorgeous. Now, a Tweetbot was thirteen ninety nine, So a lot cheaper than that. Have you noticed that the version for Mac isn't now a Tweetbot? Isn't it? It's seven ninety nine. So even Tweetbot's only half a Tweetbot. It's half a Tweetbot. It's a complete bargain. But I actually think that the app is a complete bargain. Yeah, but not compared to something like ScreenFlow or Pixelmator. I understand your point. I think you think that ScreenFlow does a lot more and Pixelmator does a lot more. Yeah? Exactly. If you compare the price of Tweetbot, which to me... Well, if you compare Tweetbot, which to me is um, a, a Twitter client, and you compare the price of it for what it does, and you compare it to ScreenFlow or Pixelmator... Um, ScreenFlow Pixelmator do a lot more, you know, video editing tools. Yes, but for some people, they, they don't use apps like that and they live in Tweetbot. Mm. And therefore, in terms of usage, the amount of time that you use it, 
than it is. It just depends. I mean, there are things that people buy that, that you know, games. I would get no enjoyment out of that at all. I would get no use out of a game, so I don't buy them. I think if you're on Twitter, I mean, if you're okay with a Twitter client, fine. You know, the Twitter Twitter client. I can't abide it, can't find anything. Um, and there's ads in it. I think Tweetbot's worth every penny. And I understand what you mean about ScreenFlow and Pixelmator, but I think there's an argument that they're, they're underpriced. I mean, it reminds me of Scrivener. Scrivener is actually $34.99. And there's another app, Ulysses. You've probably heard me banging on about Ulysses, haven't you? I have, yeah. It's one of these minimal text editing apps, and it's available for the Mac, and it's available for the iPad. And they're working on an iPhone version. By comparison to Scrivener, the interface is, well, to say it's minimal is an understatement. It's got like three buttons and that's it. You look at it and you, you will put the two side by side and you'd say there is no comparison in features between these two apps. But if Scrivener is your thing, fine. But, you know, minimal text editing app, it synchronizes, it supports Markdown. It's really, really powerful. It just doesn't look it. And, you know, even I got suckered into thinking, how much is this one and how much is Scrivener? And they're actually identical. They are both $34.99. You would look at this text editing app, Ulysses, and you would say, no way. Because you'd look at another one, maybe Write or oh, can't even, oh, IA Writer, you know, well, there's lots of others. And you would say, well, it's just the same as that one. And that one is, you know, fill in the blank, £5, £10, 79p. And you would think they were all the same. But I looked at these two apps and I actually use both because Scrivener still doesn't have an iPad app. So if I want to write something when I'm out, I will use Ulysses for iPad. When I get back home, it will be synchronized to the desktop. And if I want to copy and paste it into Scrivener, I will do. And I started thinking these two apps are the same. And even I'm looking at them and thinking, should they be the same price? Because one looks like it's got so many more features than the other one. And then I realised what it was, because to me, Ulysses is worth $34.99 any day. Scrivener is grossly underpriced. That's the solution. And when you think back to what we used to pay for Office, we were the two Muppets that paid 600 quid for Office. I think we were. And that was 1995. I remember that. The full version was £600. So by comparison, Scrivener, £35. Ridiculous. If Scrivener... Shall we say, do we want literature and latte to be listening or not? If Scrivener was a couple of hundred pounds, I'd buy it anyway. It's that good. The fact that it's thirty four ninety nine, And there was a discussion actually on Twitter and somebody said, I hope when Scrivener for iPads released, they charge a proper, proper price for it. That they don't put it out at sort of fourteen ninety nine. That it is a professional piece of kit. So charge a professional price for it and take the money and continually develop it. And I agree with that. They are that good. Other people have a mentality of it's 79p and I don't want to pay any more. And I understand that too. You obviously, that, that app doesn't have that value for you. In which case, that's fine. Then don't use it. But don't sit there saying, you know, this app is 34.99 and I want it to be 79 pence. If it doesn't have 34.99 value to you, don't buy it. So I just think it's underpriced. Not that, do you know what I mean? Mm. You're saying the other way around and I'm saying, no, that one's just underpriced. Yeah. Yeah, I see your point of view. I think it's like you say, it's down to value. It's down to what what value you get it from it. 
I mean, would I pay however much it is for, is it Maya, Maya, that's... Um, the 3D on, renderer. Yeah, on Windows, which is probably a, a few thousand pounds. No, I wouldn't pay for that for it. But if I worked in that business, if I, if that was what I did, then I guess to me that it would have a value. It would be worth it because it would speed up your workflow. Mm. I mean, if you think of ScreenFlow, ScreenFlow is about £99, something like that. When that was released, it was like, how much? But to be honest, you and I had looked at Camtasia for Windows was it about 2004? It was before we had a Mac and we were looking at it in relation to creating training videos for a website. And we ended up not buying it because it was pre-YouTube and the hosting was the issue. Trying to find somewhere that could host a video was a nightmare back then. But Camtasia itself was, again, it was at least £450. Mm. We had a budget for the group that we were running and it was a choice between Camtasia and a projector. And the projector won. So we ended up not having that at all. So when it was released and they said it was £99, I thought, whoa, that's cheap by comparison to Camtasia. Now, so much so when the Camtasia version for Mac was released, they didn't put it up there at the price of the Windows version. They priced Mac ScreenFlow. ScreenFlow set the expectation of how much that should be on a Mac. And now it's a clear choice between the two of them. But, you know, if Camtasia was four times the price, then they wouldn't be selling as many, would they? But to me, if ScreenFlow was £400, I could see that. For what it does and how it does it, I could see that. Same with Pixelmator, it started at, oh, was it about £35? And then it went down to about 20 and I think it's 15 now. It For what it can do, it's grossly underpriced. Maybe we just want to give money away to people. Mm. Maybe that's it. But I really think, you know, they put a lot of effort into this. I would rather pay more and have an app that's got a future. So that's where we're at. we are with that. Loving both of them, but thinking one's grossly underpriced. So I'll be happy to pay when a new version comes out. More than happy to pay. What about the uh, iWork app updates? Surely they excited you. iWork app's updated. Yawn. <sighs> Two years on. Two years on, and it is not as updated as Final Cut Pro was in the two years following its decimation. The big thing with this update... And yes, it, it, it's more of a, although it's only a point update, they've actually added quite a bit. But the biggest thing was the presentation views customizable again. But even I couldn't muster much enthusiasm. It, it feels heresy to say it, but I've reached the point where I thought, you know what? I'm still using Keynote and I adore it and I live in it. But do you know what? I could replace it with PowerPoint in a pinch. And the design elements that I create, so I've, I've been creating them in Keynote, do you know, I could do that in Sketch and I have been doing. What got me was I, I've got every presentation going back to about 2002 that I've ever given, probably beyond that. And I opened up this old presentation. Well, actually, I didn't. I tried to. Um, I don't know why I was even opening it, but I tried to. And I got this hideous message that said this file is too old to be opened. It You need to. And, it you know, it gave me the solution. So Keynote's sitting there looking at me with that you're not opening this. And uh, it said, open it up in Keynote 09 and resave it as something else. And I thought, and how am I going to do that when you don't allow me to download Keynote 09 anymore? And I'm running an operating system that it won't install on. So how do you expect me to do that? Harry Potter's got a magic wand. I haven't. It just hacked me off, completely hacked me off. 
you should support all old versions. Now, what I do with my presentations is I do create, every time I do a presentation, when it's finished, I create a PDF of it. So I just shut the keynote file and went to the PDF and opened that up. But that's not the point, is it? That's a gross, gross oversight. That also was fixed in this version, but again, only just fixed. Who doesn't think of that? Who doesn't think of opening old files? When Microsoft did that and they stopped supporting certain files, they were hung, drawn and quartered for it. And yet nobody had mentioned it. I just found one thread on the Apple forum. And again, they gave a, a horrible, horrible hack workaround. You opened up the package and, and you edited this any file and then it would open it. So it was actually a simple-ish fix. But for some people, they don't want to be opening up packages. You know, you could you could break the entire file. So, uh, yeah, that's fixed. But it's just feature lacking. Um, I'm also making a lot of the posters that I use, but I'm, I'm doing them in Sketch. Why? Because it's got advanced export options and Keynote's just got really basic stuff. You can't export transparency. It doesn't remember the export settings, even within a session, much less across sessions. It used to do fantastic video transparency. That's gone. Now you've got to chroma key it to get that back, which again is difficult. And it doesn't work well when you've got a lot of animations. So it used to have a fantastic feature of video transparency. It's just gone. And to be honest, neither Microsoft nor Apple have moved on as fast with delivery changes. Delivery changes have happened a lot faster than they've moved on their software to cope with it. Don't know about you, but if I'm delivering a presentation, the odds are I am not stood with a laptop in a darkened room with a projector and a flicker. The odds are I am on a live session in a webinar using an Apple TV. I'm kicking it out as a video and sending it to somewhere. So for me, adding three more transitions and a confetti animation doesn't mean it's a meaningful update. Something that uh, I would like to see in PowerPoint is the uh, ability to strip out speaker's notes. Because very often someone will ask me for a presentation uh, and yes, I could send them a PDF. But very often what they want to do is they want to, to maybe deliver the presentation for themselves or at least have it as a starting point. But I don't want to give them all my... Uh, my intellectual property. So I'd like to be able to st uh, strip out the speaker's notes. Absolutely. That should be an absolute given. And export the speaker's notes to an outline format. Allow you to import the speaker's notes from a mind map, from outline formats. Have speaker's notes and attendee notes in the same file. Have speaker's notes for multiple speakers or one speaker and multiple audiences and then be able to export those to different handout styles. Have layers, you know, layers for layout grids, layers for guidelines, for adding watermarks, even for something like keeping multiple languages in the same file. I mean, you, you train in multiple languages, not personally, but you use the intellectual stuff to do it, don't you? True. So there must be, if there's five languages, there'll be five files. One of my videos is being translated into Chinese. And what I'm saying is if you had slides and they had... I mean, obviously not too much, not too much text on them, but even if they just had a title on them, wouldn't it be fantastic to be able to keep five languages in a single file mm. and just toggle them off? If you ever use something like uh, Omnigraffle, Omnigraffle can do that. Most drawing applications can do that. Why on earth can't Keynote and PowerPoint do that? It, it's so obvious. And then when it comes to presenting, well, that's, that's when the nightmare really starts. Give the presenter some real control, not just this moving around business. You've made me wait two years. At least make it exciting. 
I want to leave a monitor free for other uses. How many times have we said it? Uh, that's still not there. There's also things like they could build in support for other apps. So like GoToMeeting or all of the webinar delivery platforms where, OK, don't leave the other monitor free, but let me control that broadcast via the app that I'm in. Do one or the other. But, you know, don't just wipe out all my screens and that's me. I can't do a thing now. I'd have loved something really innovative, but two years on, we just still don't have it. We don't even have feature parity with the old version anymore. Never mind anything new. And I just think that's incredibly, incredibly sad. But short of kidnapping Craig's cat and holding it hostage until they fix it, what can you do? Meow. <laughs> Craig's cat's not sounding too well, is it? <laughs> anyway, let's move on to something that's really fantastic. Let's forget I work. Affinity Photo was released a few weeks back and it's pretty awesome. It does seem it. I, I think I opened it once or twice, but I tend to use Pixelmator. Um, and the reason for that probably is just muscle memory. The fact that I know I want to edit an image uh, tends to be fairly basic, my requirements. And I'll just go and run Alfred and, and just start typing Pixelmator. Why not Photoshop? Because to me, Photoshop, unless... It's something really specific that can't be done in something else. To me, it's that £800 gorilla. It's the sledgehammer to crack a nut. Uh, it takes too long to load. And uh, safer web always confuses me with the, the array of options. Was that before or after Adobe had the misfortune to make it a legacy feature? What, safer web? Mm. Oh, um, before, I think. <laughs> They've added a new feature, which is called something different, but it's supposed to replace Save for Web. But because the new feature isn't feature complete, they've left the old feature in there. And then after the name of it, it says legacy in brackets. I mean, what are you doing? Why not make the new feature a beta until it is feature complete? Change for change's sake. Luckily... We are blessed with choices when it comes to editing photos on a Mac. We've now got Affinity Photo. We've also got Pixelmator and Acorn. Obviously, there is Photoshop, but that's a subscription. And um, I must say I was really surprised. I put together an hour session on it, delivered it. And um, yeah, there was lots of positive feedback from the people there. But I left the video on YouTube. We live streamed it via YouTube and I left it there. So you, you can choose to make it private or you can put it in a members area or whatever. But I chose just to leave it on YouTube. The views are off the scale. People love it. They, they are using it in their droves. So this one is certainly one to watch, I think. So I'll put a link to that so you can go watch it if you missed it. And a, but much to more to your taste was Office 2016 and it was released in July. And do you love it? I do love it, yes. Um, it's had a huge overhaul of the interface. What a shame a lot of it didn't work. I don't think it was really ready for release. And since the Windows version wasn't released for another two months, I don't understand the rush. No, you're right. There was uh, there were quite a few things that I discovered. Um, I actually created um, a course on Excel 2016 for Mac. Uh, just really using the version that was released. And as I was going through, I was finding quite a, a number of little annoyances and a number of little things that didn't work. Uh, and I found a big annoyance that didn't work, although that is that is kind of fixed now. The biggest thing that didn't work was the VBA editor. It was, uh, it was basically worse than useless. <laughs> so if I needed to go and edit or create any VBA code, I was either using... 
2011, uh, which I've still got installed because they will run side by side, or uh, firing up a virtual machine and doing it on Windows. Oh, shame. I thought you were going to say a quill pen. No. The other thing which seemed to annoy you more than annoy me was Excel was kind of jumping around all over the place. Oh, it, it was beyond annoying because I'm, I'm not keen on Excel to start with and definitely not the 2011 version. Much prefer the Windows version. So this new version with a new interface, I was actually keen on using it, numbers being like it is. And I just found that as I'm putting stuff in, I'm clicking on a cell and it like didn't take and you had to click again, but you knew that you'd clicked. And I said to you, either my mouse is dying or there's something wrong with this. And you agreed that you were having the same problem. So it must have been, it felt as though it was like the last beta and that they needed to give it another few weeks. Um, so, yes, they've updated it now, but you're at that stage where you're thinking, oh, dare I risk this again? Uh, so I wasn't I wasn't overly impressed. I thought they rushed it and I had no idea why, because the Windows one wasn't ready. So what is the rush? Why not release them together? Good point. That would have shown that would have been very positive. Actually, it would have said, you know, we, we've equalized the versions and they're released at the same time. We're, we're treating the Mac seriously instead of which. No, bad idea on their part there. Don't think that was a great idea at all. But I was expecting to be hearing all about Navdi by now. Still no sign of that. Yeah, do you remember Navdi? Um, yes, uh, no time. Well, they promised before the end of 2015. And I thought, oh, joy, more inattentive idiots on the road for me to attempt to avoid. Um, yes, it was. Um, what actually was it supposed to do? A navigator of some description that stuck to your windscreen and um, gave you an overlay on your windscreen which to me is going to be nothing but distracting and probably made illegal within the week. But anyway, not, not out yet. We'll keep our eye on that. See if it comes out before Christmas. That reminds me of a story that I saw the other week in a local paper where uh, one person decided to drive down the slip road of a motorway the wrong way. I think there was a crash and they wanted to get out of the traffic. So having driven down the slip road, they, he, he, he or she was then followed by hundreds of others doing exactly the same. What they didn't account for was somebody at the bottom, who I hope was in the passenger seat, actually filming all this with an iPhone, posting it up on YouTube. And I think the police now are after everybody. Ah, karma. So uh, tech wins out again. Indeed. Now, you were loving the idea of uh, people, weren't you? Oh, yes, I was not. Apparently, Yelp for people. Unsubstantiated gossip with no opt-out. Apparently, if somebody gives them your email address or phone number, the plan was automatic opt-in and no right to remove any comment that appeared about you on their site. Needless to say, Dead Duck now hounded into oblivion even before it had launched. But it's been replaced by something even worse. An app called The No. You seen this? No. I presume this is on iPhone, is it? Uh, yes, I believe so. It allows you to keep tabs on a potentially errant partner. Their quote was, we let you track the dating activity of others so you can make smarter decisions about your relationships. Yes. So the idea is you input whatever you know about the person. So their name, mobile number, address, physical description, even photos. But the photos are kept privately. But those details are then matched with details entered by other users. Yeah, think about that. Seriously? 
Let's say that I know where you went to school and I know your name and I enter that information. Somebody else knows your mobile number and a third person knows where you live. So I search for you and now I have your mobile number and your address. Stalker's paradise much? Words fail me. Mm. Once matched, you can chat with those other users dissing the poor sap whose details you entered. So, as the next web wrote, to say this app is for anything other than gossip would be a joke. Even the sample image provided by the No shows two people discussing the fact that they're dating the same guy. They then go on to decide that the guy is a creep and make fun of his friend Jethro for being into LARPing. Not exactly a healthy, wholesome conversation. What's LARPing? Live-action role-play gaming. Yes, I had to Google that. Should have asked us. Do you know, you've got to pity poor Jethro, who was only dragged into it because he was a friend of the cheat. In fact, I was reminded of an Eleanor Roosevelt quote. Great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, and small minds discuss people. I think we can add to that, and the brain dead use the no. Mm. What has the world become? I don't know. Remember those hideous headphones from Blue last year? The MoFi. We now have the Lola. Lola? I know. Lighter, slimmer, cheaper, no amplification mechanism. Still $249 though, £200. And still the weirdest looking headphones I have ever seen. They might sound great, don't know, not tried them. But you're likely to look like a Cyberman if you're wearing them. So the Lola. Lola reminds me of a song. Do you want me to sing it? If you must. No, I won't. Go and Google no, it. No, we'll only get taken off air. True. Um, also reminds me of a dog that I met the other week. Oh, Lola. I saw Lola. Yes. Yes, a gorgeous little Samoid. I'd, I'd only been saying uh, the day before that we hadn't seen a Sammy since we lost Maya. And uh, there I was driving home round the corner and I saw this little Sammy. So I pulled up had a chat with the girls, and uh, the first thing I did, actually, was to FaceTime you so that you could see her. I know, it was, she was beautiful. <laughs> oh, she was just like Maya. And uh, she was jumping around when she wouldn't stand still. Yeah, just like Maya. Just like our boy. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Isn't it amazing what tech can do? And you see, that's when tech's used well. Mm, not not like... Not the no and all this stuff. Not like the no. I can just imagine you saying to a teenage girl, do you mind if I FaceTime my other half so she could see your dog? <laughs> Yeah, but she, she she perfectly understood. That's a good use of tech. Uh, yet, yet Blue have made some odd design decisions lately. Um, do you know the silver Yeti that, that you've got? Yes. I mean, that was pretty. It was a nice thing. And then they brought out the Yeti Pro, which was half black. And, you know, not bad if you like that kind of look. Then the Platinum, which is sort of a, a pinkish colour. It's their equivalent of um, rose gold. And all of those didn't look bad. But then they brought out the Blackout. And it was hideous. The silver dome at the top, which is really nice, looks classy. They'd painted black and it was matte black. So it just looked like you'd coated it with matte black paint. They've now added to their brood the whiteout. Yes, this one looks like it's been painted with Tipex. <laughs> I'll put links in so you can go admire them, but they're not pretty, are they? They are not pretty. So why don't you leave Blue alone and have a, have a go at Skype instead? Oh, yes. Falling squarely into the category of what were you smoking when you thought that was a good idea is the email that I got last Friday from Skype. 
changes to your Skype number. We're writing to let you know about an upcoming change to the price of your Skype number subscription. The new price for your Skype number will be £19.14 every one month. And then it goes on to say when it will take place, blah, blah, blah. And you're probably thinking, and what's wrong with that? But for a comparison, my last invoice was £21 for a year. This increase would make it £229.68 for the year. To say social media was alive with self-righteous indignation was an understatement. I must admit, I, I did wonder if it was spam. I wondered if it was a mistake. And that was pretty much what I was seeing on social media too. But numerous people just cancelled their accounts straight out. And uh, there was a few links to a 50 page thread on Skype's own forum where people were doing the same. And I thought, this is so serious. They must say something. But no, complete silence from them on social media. Nine hours later, gets another email. Hello, we recently sent you an email about a change to the price of your Skype number subscription. Unfortunately, the incorrect price was included. Please disregard the mail. We apologise for the error. We will be in touch to clarify the change we are making next week. Thank you, Skype. No name, I notice. You know, the last one said, hello, Elaine. This one said nothing. I think they're probably at the stage they were thinking, let's not complicate the mail merge. Because that went so well last time, didn't it? And it just made, it infuriated me because it very clearly demonstrated the difference between users and customers. Users are the millions of freeloaders who use Skype. Customers, they're your business. They give you money. They keep your business going. And it seems to be, you know, upset the users. Oh, no, we're scared of social media backlash. But upset the customers, not so worried. There's fewer of them. Well, all's well that ends well, then. I doubt it. They're changing the price, clearly, but changing it to what? Seems even they don't know, because they're now not telling us till next week. I think they're probably working all weekend to calculate, massive air quotes, what the market will bear. Trademark symbol, Adobe. Do you remember that one? Yes. That was uh, Shantanu Narayan. Do you remember when he got cornered in that Australian press conference? Oh, he didn't yes. understand the I price. Remember that. Yeah. It was classic, classic viewing. And they were saying to him, but it's subscription and we want a box set price. And he was like, no, you want a subscription? Like, no, we don't. Oh, you do. And so it went on for 15 minutes. Classic. I'll put a link in the show notes. I think if you don't know what the price is, you know, I mean, fancy sending it out on a Friday to start with. But if you don't know what the price is, then you're making it up. Maybe they thought, we'll try it. And if no one complains, we'll leave it at that. I really think you don't make a mistake like that. that that's a, a business killer. You do not do that. Schoolboy error. I'm afraid so. So I may or may not have a Skype in number this time next week. Who knows? But did we mention it's the 100th show? <laughs> well, Jane was kind enough to record a piece for us. As she says in the piece, it was recorded back in September. But Jane must have the second sight because it's perfect for Halloween. And she must have known that. Well, either that or she was in the bottom of a bucket when it was recorded. But with some appropriate atmosphere, here's Jane.
Hello, Elaine and Mike, and fellow MacBite listeners. Here we are, listening to the 100th episode. Wow, a hundred! That's pretty darn good going by any standards. A month or so back, I started jotting down a few words in preparation for a little audio clip to mark the 100th episode. Time went by and I thought, oh, if I don't do this soon, they'll record the 100th episode before I get it done. But no. Numerous months have passed by, and in true MacBytes form, we are now mid-September, and there is only now a second 2015 episode of MacBytes. And that's what keeps us true MacBiters together. The continual wait, nay, anticipation of a new episode. Just when you've given up all hope of ever hearing those dulcet tones of Elaine and Mike, a new episode pops up, just as this one has done. Yes, and when the iTunes feed was about to collapse through lack of use, that little MacBytes machine pumps out a brand new conglomeration of Apple news, tech information, and various forms of humorous tales, sometimes including that infamous Goombay dance band. As a long-time listener, I just wanted to say a big thank you to Elaine and Mike, and of course to MacBytes Siri, for keeping us entertained, making us laugh, and sometimes even have a little weep at some of your heartbreaking events within the MacBytes household. From a personal point of view, you've made me smile through few dark times, kept me entertained on numerous long-haul flights while toing and froing between Australia and the UK. But thankfully, now that I'm back in the same time zone, those MacBite events are so much easier to attend, no more setting the alarm for dreaded 2am, and not forgetting some of the stalwart listeners who contribute their two pennies worth when it's required, usually at the MacBytes Live events that go hand in hand with an Apple announcement. Our insightful, and some would say slightly cynical comments on the latest Apple gear, software, are thrown into the mix courtesy of the MacBytes Live chat. Oh, and our professional expert opinions on the games being demonstrated are truly inspirational at times. So, Elaine and Mike, keep those episodes coming. Well, that is between your, dare I say, little, and that's an understatement, little events that conspire to keep that iTunes feed quiet for months on end. I bow, I bow down to your commitment to the MacBytes listeners in the most difficult of circumstances. Thank you for the first 100 episodes, guys. I'm, for one, looking forward to the next 100 and just hoping it'll be before the end of the century. Take care and catch you all next time. Oh, and I do hope this recording's been okay. It's been so rushed and I haven't done one for a couple of years so I've completely forgotten what to do. Anyway, hope it's all okay. See you soon. Bye! Oh, that was great. Thank you so much for that, Jane. It was excellent. Thank you, Jane. And now it's quiz time for Mike. I'm going to give Mike a show title from one of the first 99 episodes. And all he's got to do is tell me what the title refers to. Please feel free to play along at home. So first of all, episode 44, Magically Multiplying iPads. Where you go, Mike? What was that all about? Uh, 
Do you need another clue? No, no, I think... Was, was, wasn't that me and my fiasco with um, the, the iPads taking them back? And yeah, all your iPads. Was it? Was, it was. <laughs> it was. It was. Do you know when that was? <sighs> no. <laughs> it was June 2010. It was after, I'll place this into some kind of context for you. It was after the tent pole presentation. Remember that one? No. Uh, it was something about Apple and, and their... Um, oh, God, yes, I do. I do remember. The tenants of their business, and, it, and they call them tent poles. Yes, it was very strange. Very, very strange. Uh, their idea was, we're going to kill Flash, and, oh, by the way, we're launching iAds. Can't say the two were related, but you never know. Um, it was iPad... Uh, it was iPad 1 day. It was the arrival day for iPad 1. Is it ringing bells now? I thought it was iPad 2. Not in 2010. It was iPad 1. Then I've got the wrong thing. No, you haven't. You absolutely haven't. If you're thinking your iPad 2 was the one that you took back, you didn't. We got that in Liverpool. We queued all day outside Liverpool 1. It was iPad 1. Was it iPad 1? It was. That's the one where we sat in the car ringing Apple Care, and I... I complained that I bought it. I wanted to take it back to the shop and swap it, and they were having none of it because I'd bought it online and they were saying the two were separate. Yes, but that that was iPad 1. Yeah, so I thought it was iPad 2. My memory's going. <laughs> Tell me about it. No, no, iPad 1, we had to pre-order. They weren't going to be available in store, so we pre-ordered. And you booked, duly booked the day off on the Friday to collect said iPad, and it arrived a day early on the Thursday. Oh, yes, I remember. Yes. Now it's all coming back to you. Yes. And um, there was a slight incident with my breakfast, you'll doubtless remember as well. Yes, it meant. Yes. I was having porridge. Yes, I don't know why I was eating that stuff either. But um, the man arrived with the iPad in the middle of it, so I left it on the stove. I did actually turn it off, managed to do that. But who knew it set so solid if you left it for four hours? I didn't. Sadly, I left a spoon in it as well. So, yes, that was 44 magically multiplying iPads. We headed off into town to, re to replace said iPad. And um, you ended up with about three or four on the day, I seem to recall. All with dead pixels. It's all come back to me now. And you wonder why I check for backlight bleed. Was that iPad? No, that was iPad 2. iPad 2 was backlight bleed when you had your head in over your... your I know iPad 2 was backlight bleed. That that was the gate of iPad 2. Ah. Backlight bleed gate. But no, this was iPad 1. Trust me, it was. It must have been. It was 2010. Right. Next question. You're going to make me go back and listen to this episode, <laughs> aren't you? Next question. They'll never know. They'll never know. It was iPad 1, I'm telling you. Right. Okay. Okay. Episode. The next episode. The next episode is episode 60. A bit chilly around the Trossocks. What was that all about, Mike? Tell me if you need a clue. Yes, give me a clue. Oh, you didn't, you didn't rack your brain for long then. Okay, I'll give you a clue. The date was the 31st of October. Oh, what a coincidence. 2011. Something to do with one. Halloween. No, you'll never get this one. Oh, right. Go on then. Give me the answer. <laughs> what on earth could it be about? A bit chilly around the Trossocks. No idea. Pixelmator 2. Oh, yeah, right. That through you, mm. didn't it? <laughs> it was because Pixelmator 2 had been released in the January, I think. And in the January, when the Mac App Store launched, January 2011, they said it was going Mac App Store only. And they promised a summer release. So I think what it must have been was it went in the App Store. Pixelmator 1 went in the App Store. 
Um, but, you know, if you were buying that, you were buying something you'd already bought because you probably owned it direct from them. So the idea was if you bought it from the App Store, we will give you Pixelmator 2 for free. And they promised a summer release and it didn't arrive. And August rolled around and left and September rolled around and left. And it was the end of October before it was released. And um, by then it was a bit chilly around the Trossachs. The weather turned and it was freezing. So that was uh, that was why the episode was called A Bit Chilly Around the Trossachs. There you go. You're not doing too well here, are you? No. Not zero out of two so far. OK, let's make it a little bit easier for you. Who could forget episode 61? Buzzing in the bedroom. Where you go. I remember the episode. What was buzzing in the bedroom? Yes, I know what that was about. That was about um, phones, phones, devices buzzing in the bedroom. <laughs> yes. Do you think you're getting away with that one? Go on. Well, you, give me about. one word. It's about devices in the bedroom buzzing. Here. Right. Okay. One thing that was buzzing, and I'll give you a point. Just one thing that was buzzing, and you, a phone won't do. Tell me which apps were buzzing. The iPhone. That's a device, not an <laughs> app. Oh, come along. I knew you'd had too much to drink last night. I can't remember. Uh, only half a point then. It was out of sync notifications that were coming in at all hours of the day and night. Uh, we had Growl on the Prowl. Remember Growl? Love Growl. I'd just installed Boxcar. We had Mobile Me Push Mail. Oh, we are going back through the archives. And it was your iFooty notifications arriving two hours late. Yeah, and now what, what, what are we getting now? We're getting missed FaceTime calls at one o'clock in the morning. Oh, yes. And I got a FaceTime call from like three years ago. It said like 1,000 and odd days ago. Oh, that's iCloud for you. Always up to date. So, yes, that was what that one was about. Buzzing in the bedroom. That was a classic from December 2011. Right, right. Now, let's see what you can do with this one. I want to know with this one exactly what it was you wouldn't give him. OK, but it was episode 63 and it was entitled Pleasuring Jeremy Clarkson. Um, the time of day, I think. <laughs> not quite, not quite, it, but you're in the ballpark. It was along those lines. Mm, it was. It was something you wouldn't give him the pleasure of. No idea. You can't, you just, you're not up to this at all. You wouldn't give Jeremy Clarkson the pleasure of your disc space. Now, why would you be giving Jeremy Clarkson the pleasure of your disc space? That'll be the free downloads for um, iTunes 12 Days of Christmas. I'll give you a point for that, it was. Hey! It was the 12 Days of Christmas and Top Gear was one of the, um, oh, shall we say illustrious items on offer. <sighs> uh, together with a Coldplay thing, uh, the Pilot of House, 30 Rock, something from somebody called the Foo Fighters. Don't ask, I've no idea. Uh, Lady Gaga, and wait for it, One Direction. Something's never changed. So, yes, that was that one. Oh, you've got one at one point now, or one and a half, if I'm generous. Right, let's have another one. 66. Clickety click. Nude and hairy. House. Nude and hairy. I know what that one was. No, I'm saying 66. It's, it's like playing um, bingo. No, I know what that one's about. That one was about um, a spreadsheet that I did at work about nude and hairy mice. It was rodent breeding, no less. Yes. <laughs> but of course, it took on new meaning afterwards, didn't it? Did it? Oh, never mind your rodent breeding. Minster decided to take a selfie. Have you forgotten that? Oh, yes. My eyes will never forget it, I'll tell you. <laughs> I should put a link to that in the show notes as well. <laughs> right. Oh, no, that's, that's two and a half points. You are doing incredibly well here. Right. 71. The old razzle-dazzle. A fond one of mine. Fond memories. 
Was that um, Fish and Tips? Yeah, it was! The never-to-be-forgotten Fish and Tips. It was. Um, for the uninitiated, you, you need to be initiated. Yes, it was um, the Fish and Tips menu, which wasn't at all uh, what we expected. Let's just say there wasn't many cod and chips on it. So uh, that was 71. You can go back and have a look at that. You're doing very well now. You're on a roll now. <sighs> Don't say right, that. Let's, t- let's take the rug right from under him. 77. The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Shall I sing that one? It must you. I presume that was about lion. No. <laughs> Would singing it help your brain in any way? No. It might. Try it. Ooh, the lion sleeps tonight. Oh, close, but no t-shirt. Do you want to try again? No. Actually sing it properly. Don't make me sing this for you. I did sing it properly. No. You're going to make me sing it, aren't you? Yeah. You ready? Whim away, a whim away, a whim away. The lion sleeps tonight. Is it coming back to you now? No. Whim away, the software. It was an app. Don't remember it. Oh, No point. In fact, I think I'll take a point off you for that one. <laughs> and you made me sing. Right, all your points are gone now. <laughs> it was an app called Wim Away and it was like caffeine. It kept your Mac awake. The lion sleeps tonight. Wim Away. Oh, is right. it making yeah. sense now? It is now. Oh, do you see what I have to work with? Wouldn't right. mind. I Last probably, one. I probably came up with half these titles. You probably did at the time. <laughs> Mental decay is a terrible thing. Right, last one. 46. Ribbed and sensitive. No, no idea. Damn it. Me neither. I was hoping you'd remember. Oh, well, a challenge for the Mac bite as it is then. Ribbed and sensitive. 46. 1st of November, 2010. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that one, you know. So, now we've terrified any new listeners got an announcement. We have added something to the site. Something to gently guide you through the adventures that is the first 100 episodes. The Newbie's Guide to MacBytes. So check it out on the site. Learn the significance of who Wilson is. The Goombay Dance Band. Seven tears have flown into the Bonds. The Koi Pond Mafia. You know what the next one is, don't you? Info panels! And who could possibly forget lesbian vampire killers? Do you know that's been renamed? No. It has been renamed officially, I'm talking now, you know, Internet Movie Database. It is no longer lesbian vampire killers. It is the artist formerly known as lesbian vampire killers. It has been renamed vampire killers. Why? I mean, of the three words, lesbian is by far the least offensive. And anyway, it will forever be lesbian vampire killers here at Matt Bites headquarters. It's not just for newbies either. I think I need a refresher. I think you do. So, 100th show. <laughs> and we've got to do all the old favourites. Are you ready? One. Two, three. iPhone, 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 iPhone. So, who's got a new iPhone 6S then? Not me. Me neither. Let's move on. That was short and sweet. Are you ready? So, next one. One, two, three. iPad, 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 iPad. iPad. Better luck with the new iPad then. Yeah. Bill. I got an iPad Air 2 the other week. And then, 
There's the iPad Pro. Ooh. You buying then? Still undecided for a shocking reason. Which is? Tempted by a Surface Pro 4 or even a Surface Book. What the actual? I know, but it's got a real OS on it. You know that's Windows, right? Yeah, but, but I love OneNote. In fact, more than that, Microsoft have got four years' experience with the pen, you know, and the pen is awesome. The interface for the pen control is awesome. And the pen is less than half the price of an Apple Pencil, if you need a replacement or an extra one. And I could run the Creative Cloud apps, I could run Scrivener, and the Surface Book is even upgradable, which is very cool. Did the one I brought you from work not put you off then? If that was the plan, it backfired spectacularly. That one didn't even have a, a keyboard. I also needed a driver for the second monitor. And after a week, the boss wanted it back. It was only on loan. So what you're saying is I need talking out of it. I'm declaring an emergency. Hide the credit cards, Mike. I could just be ahead of the curve, you know. Remember Switch's Corner from the last show? I do. It's back. <laughs> Microsoft actually have a Switchers page called Making the Switch MacBook to Microsoft Surface Book. You're kidding. I'm not. It's practical. It's detailed. Most impressively, it actually acknowledges you've probably got an iPhone and you're probably going to keep it. And if you currently use iCloud, you intend to carry on using it. Remember when such folks would be known as sliders? How times change. I did the Windows 10 thing as well. You did that, didn't you? I did, eventually. Mine was painless. Uh, well, if you discount the damage to the wallet by Fusion. New VM. New operating system. New version of Fusion required. There were some good changes, I thought. Uh, the start menu is back. There were some less obvious things that I really want on my Mac. I want OS 10 to have this. There's um, a settings in the system settings. There's um, a group of settings and one is the default apps. So it's centralized in the system settings. So you go to this section and in there is listed all the default apps for each thing you do. So your mail client, your browser, etc. I mean, have you ever tried changing the default mail client on OS X? Um, isn't it somewhere within the bowels of mail? Oh, indeed. You've got to open mail. And you can't get any further without creating an account. So literally, you're at this page that says create an account. But I don't want to create an account. I want to use another mail client as a default client. I can't do that without creating the account. So I had to create an account which was for another account because my mail account, my main mail account is too big. So I had to create create this fake thing. And to be honest, it's no better in any of the others. So I had this fake mail account there just so I can open mail. So I can go in and say, thank you, but I don't want to use mail. I mean, seriously, is there not a better way to do that? Can we not just manage everything centrally? That would be a great idea. Um, but if that was the good, there's also the bad. It's Windows. And the ugly, it's Windows. Hmm. But oh, hot on the heels of a little tiny Microsoft win there, I had another Microsoft win. Uh, my Office 365, which on Windows includes Access and Publisher, except on mine publisher was missing. That doesn't sound like a win to me. Well, not at that point, no. But that was the point that I realised access was missing as well. And I thought, well, it's really simple to install Office. You just go to the Office 365 website and there's no options to configure. You just install it. So where could I possibly have gone wrong? So I tried to reinstall it 
and it let me do that. No joy. So I looked for the help and there was quite a bit of help on the office site, but pretty much it said just install it and it'll work and it didn't. But there was a contact us option. So feeling somewhat desperate, I thought it was probably worth a try. And I got this chat thing session going and um, lady said, can I remotely log in and I'll sort it for you? And I thought, oops, a bit of an issue, surely. It's not actually a physical Windows machine. It's a VM. Do they support VMs? But I thought, well, never mind. I'll just act aft. So uh, she logged in. It was actually quite quite interesting because you've got to reboot the machine. You install this thing and then you have to reboot it. And I thought, well, that'd be tricky. You know, I'd have to disconnect from her. But I was actually chatting to her on the Mac and I had her logged into the Windows box in a VM. So I didn't have to disconnect. I could just restart it. So she started playing around in the registry and um, what she was, well, she logged in first and she realised it was a VM because it actually says when she went into the properties, it said, you know, running inside Fusion. And I thought, oh, here it comes. And she didn't turn her hair. So kudos to her. She started playing around in the registry and she had to manually remove a load of stuff. So pretty much the whole office suite. And I just carried on working on my Mac while she strutted her stuff. 30 minutes later, all was done. No charge. Now, how impressive is that? Very impressive. That is pretty good. I, I was really impressed by that. One, that she could fix it. And two, it was just like, you know, sorry for the inconvenience. And off she toddled. Wow. When was the last time we tried to book a Genius Bar appointment? Because it probably took like six months because there are no Genius Bar appointments for Mac anymore. True. Mm, yes. My um, my experience with Apple hasn't been quite so smooth as that was. That was um, painless. So what's November bringing for you? NaNoWriMo. Yes, all the best to those taking part in NaNoWriMo. It is the National Novel Writing Month. And the idea is that you write 50,000 words in 30 days. Of course, I'm probably not going to do that. Uh, I'll be doing my own thing again. I'll probably make a course rather than a novel. In fact, I was thinking some Scrivener tutorials would probably be a good idea. I think the idea of it is that it gives you focus that you're doing this for just, you know, the month, 30 days, and you get the support from the forum. So if you want to partake, you can register at the site, which is nanorimo.org, I believe, but I'll put a link in the show notes. So because of NaNoWriMo, in honour of the great event, there is a long trial of Scrivener available. So if you wanted to try it, you can get a long trial of Scrivener. You can also get a long trial of Ulysses, if you would like as well. And Evernote have produced some templates which are quite handy. Now, many of you, if you're partaking, will be self-publishing. So if you are, let us know. We would love to see what you've been doing. We would uh, like to showcase it. So I'll let you know what I've been doing at the end of the month and uh, you let us know too. More important question for November is, is Minster doing Movember? Oh, Movember. Isn't that for um, cancer charity? It is. Some description. Yeah. Yes. It's always great fun. Um, there's actually an official site, isn't there, where you post your pictures every day mm. as your beard grows. And yes, well, I always have great fun photoshopping Minster. Uh, I think last time he started off as a pirate, became Lee Van Cleef. And finally, by the sort of the last week, it was a bit more Grizzly Adams. But um, yes, do let us know if any of you are partaking and uh, share the pickies. Would love to see it. And uh, wasn't there the tiny matter of your Apple Care? There was. I've been threatening that for a couple of shows, but um, I'm afraid to say we're probably going long. So I think next time would be a better bet. Go on, say it. Next week. But that's it for this episode of MacBytes. Can I just say, we've beaten MacBytes series estimate of a Christmas 2015 release for episode 100. 
Only just. And thanks for your support for the last hundred. Here's to the next hundred. As ever, we would love to hear from you. You will find all our contact details at macbytes.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter, twitter.com slash macbytes. You can follow me personally on Twitter at twitter.com slash Elaine Giles. You can follow me at twitter.com slash Thomas Mike. And you can follow the true star of the show at twitter.com slash macbytesiri. But until next time, this has been Elaine and Mike bringing you macbytes. Goodbye. Goodbye and see you next time. Hey Siri. Hey Siri. Hey Siri. Oi Defo. Oh it's you. Sorry but I've got to act deaf when they call or I'd never get anything done. Very true. What are you doing anyway? Buying a 5 year diary for planning the next 100 shows. Really? Do you think that gives you long enough? Oh good point. I'll buy two just to be sure. Thank <laughs> you.